T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, at your service. It's the KMOX Dollars and Cents Show with Dave Simons from the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Welcome back, everybody. It is 4.06 here in St. Louis. Dave Simons, and yes, this is the Dollars and Cents Show. I'm surprised since it's been so long that we even still have the recording of Dollars and Cents. I think we just pulled out an 8-track to to play that. It's been that long. Okay, maybe it hasn't been that long, but it just feels like it. Since October 30th. And and then I think before that, it might have been a few months. So, uh, but that's the nature of the show. You know, I started Dollars and Cents way back in January of 96. So I can't believe it was that long ago. So a little bit more than 27 years ago on another AM station, um, I followed Steve Moore from that other station over here in the early 2000s and have been here ever since. Now, I think it was around 2011, I want to say. It was something like, something around then. I think it was the year the Cardinals won the World Series, if I remember right, where I was pretty much done doing the show every week. And so I wanted to pull back a little bit. I didn't need to or want to continue to do it, but I enjoy it. I really do from an educational standpoint. I guess it's in, you know... I grew up around it. My dad's a retired college professor, always big into education, used to love giving seminars. I would love to just sit up there and, and, and teach people. I still toy with the fact of maybe teaching a class at some point, some night class at junior college until my wife says, no, now that you're into your 60s now, can you just maybe pull back a little bit? Why are you always wanting to keep doing stuff? People retire this time. of Well, I, that's, I'm not the retiring type, all right? Um, but I do still like to come here and and do the show every so often, even though it might only be, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 times a year. So even though it's been since October, I am actually going to be on this uh, show again next Sunday. So that's two Sundays in a row and probably will be on again another week or two, late February, early March. But once baseball season starts to kick into high gear, uh, you won't hear too much of um, uh, from this show. So enjoy it while it lasts, my friends. All right. So one of the things that we are told, and it's absolutely true, is that there are certain topics that we do not discuss in polite company. Around the Thanksgiving table or Christmas table, all the relatives gather. What are, what's one of the things that we are now told these days? Just don't bring up. Politics, right? Of course. 
Well, we're going to do that a little bit here. <laughs> okay, no, not not to that degree. That's for other shows. We're going to keep this strictly focused on economics and markets and all that stuff. So one of the con- most contentious arguments that Americans have had amongst themselves here in recent years is everything to do with the pandemic, right? So when we first heard of this coronavirus thing coming out of China, and then it had this name of COVID-19, and we didn't know what to make of it. And then it came to our shores, and then we started getting these reports of people dying, and then we're getting to late February and early March, and then the government, both from a national level and then local municipalities across the country, just started shutting everything down. Let's shut everything down, figure what's going on, and then we'll start to kind of work our way through this. And we're all like, um, okay, is this too draconian? I mean, what's we were all kind of confused. Is this the right thing? Okay, maybe it is. Maybe it's too much. But then at that point, if you are forcing as a government, if you are forcing people to stay at home and not get paid, you have to give them some money. I am a small government, fiscally conservative guy, all right? However, you can't force people to be unemployed from a government standpoint and not help them out. I don't like giving out a bunch of free checks, but the government had to do it, at least the first round. So even a fiscally conservative guy like me, who in no way loves the fact that trillions of dollars were just freely given out to mailboxes across the country, I went on record at the time to say, we don't have any choice. You have to do this quickly. It would be great in a utopian type of world to say, okay, we're going to really figure out who needs the checks. Okay, you have worked at this bar and you work full time and you barely make above minimum wage and you have tips and we basically have caused you to lose your job because we're shutting your bar down. Yes, we are going to now give you some additional stimulus checks. Okay, that person deserves it because through no fault of his or her own, We fired you as the government. But we didn't have time for that, unfortunately. We just shut everything down and then started sending out checks of everyone under a certain income level. Many people needed it. A lot of people didn't. What I also went on record, though, is when I finally said, okay, this is is getting to be too much when we did a second round of trillions of dollars of stimulus checks. We did a third round of stimulus checks. Then there was going to be a fourth round. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Don't haven't you seen the anecdotal evidence that's out there of how many people don't need this money and they're spending it on frivolous things? Those are my tax dollars. I don't mean to sound so selfish, but didn't a lot of you feel the same way? Like, this is a little too much? Haven't we had time now that we can set up a plan to say, okay, now we're going to make, we're going to put more restrictions on this. But it didn't happen. The same people who got check number one were getting check number two and check number three. Now, the fourth stimulus, as you may recall, a little bit more than a year ago, that was killed in Congress. It did not happen. Can you imagine the inflationary pressures we would have had if that multi-trillion dollar bill had gone through? Why am I even bringing this up? 
Because it gets back to what I do for a living, and that is to look at what the market, the stock market in particular, was doing in the latter part of 2020 and through 2021, it exploded. Why? A lot of companies, their stocks that really got pummeled early on, then as the economy slowly started to open back up, their stocks not only went back to where they were, but back above where they were pre-pandemic, even though their business was still only 50% to where it was pre-pandemic. It didn't make any sense. And what was really mind-numbing was looking at some companies that were basically bankrupt like a GameStop and seeing a stock like that go up exponentially. AMC Entertainment, a lot of people thought, well, the the theaters aren't even going to make it. Even when the economy opens back up, they're just bleeding money. And yet a stock like AMC went crazy. Cryptocurrencies, why? And that's not a knock against cryptos being good or bad 20 years from now. That's a whole different topic. I'm talking about at that moment in time when there is no increased usage or utility of Bitcoin, why has that gone from 15,000 to above 60,000 when there's been no extra use of it? And then you start to see, oh, there's a lot of stimulus money that just went into bank accounts. And the 22-year-old sitting at home who really wasn't making much money to begin with and living with his parents and maybe taking some college courses all of a sudden has thousands of dollars that he never had before. And by the way, he's not spending any money because he's not going out with his buddies because he can't. The bars and restaurants are closed. And adults aren't going on vacation anymore. That's what we started to happen. I'm I'm telling you all this as a setup to a real eye-opening article that was in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. And I'm going to read a, a few bits and pieces of it when we come back after this first break, because there are a lot of lessons to be learned here, whether you've been investing for decades, but especially if you're new to the game. I'm thankful that some of these people decided to go public, even though it might be embarrassing to them. But their embarrassment is a just riches of lessons learned. So stay with T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, folks, welcome back. It is 420 in St. Louis. Dave Simons here. I am a certified financial planner and, um, yeah, all around nice guy. I really am. But I'm also a um, the head of the Simons & Cordes Wealth Management Group, which is located within the friendly confines of UBS Financial Services. 
And uh, the host of this show, uh, full-time from 96 till about 2011 or so, and then part-time since then, and loving every minute of it. All right, so I kind of set this up in the first part of this second hour, talking about a lot of the stimulus money that went out, and we'll just leave that speak for itself. Now let me get to the Wall Street Journal article that came out yesterday. And um, I think, was it on the front page? No, 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 I think... I don't remember where it is, but I, I copied it here. Anyway, you can, if you're interested, the title of it is The Retreat of the Amateur Investors. Now, I will read some of this verbatim and then give you some personal comments along the way. The article starts out this way. Amateur trader Omar Gies says he amassed roughly $1.5 million as stocks surged during the early part of the pandemic gripped by a speculative fervor that cascaded across all markets. As his gains swelled, so did his spending on everything from sports betting and bars to luxury cars. He says he also borrowed heavily to amplify his positions. In other words, he was borrowing on margin. When the party ended, his fortune evaporated thanks to some wrong-way bets and his excessive spending. To support himself, he says he now works at a deli in Las Vegas that pays him roughly $14 an hour plus tips. He says he no longer has any money invested in the market. Quote, I'm starting from zero, said Mr. Gias, who is 25 years old. Now, that is a common story. The dude had a million and a half bucks at the age of 25. And, And actually, that's, he's 25 today. This goes back to 2020 and 21. So, what was he, 22, 23 years old at the time? And he's got a seven-figure amount that's now gone. Starting with taxpayer money that he didn't need. And that's the problem here. I, I, look, we're getting into some policy discussions, and that's really not my intent here. I'm trying to explain what has happened, well, what happened during the pandemic and some of the effects that we're still feeling from that. So early days of stimulus, I totally get. But to keep piling on and piling it on, it created a lot of the behavior that we're seeing here in the article. Now we're getting back to where we were because trading activity among retail investors, and I've been looking at the numbers here, uh, measured by uh, dollar volumes, they're back to their lowest level since January of 20. In other words, right before we shut everything down. So the amount of activity by retail investors is back to pre-pandemic numbers again, which which is a good thing. But you get to guys like Omar here and many others, you're stuck at home during COVID-19. You didn't ask for that, but that's happening. And you're flush with these stimulus checks. You didn't need it, but you got it. And especially these newbie traders like himself and uh, countless others, I don't know how many would have fit into this category, but they're all piling into stocks now and they're feeding off each other on these online forums. These I've talked about this before, these Reddit forums and whatever, and, and they're saying, hey, have you heard about AMC Entertainment? Oh, uh, oh how about um, um, other momentum stocks? Oh, here's, here's GameStop and many others. And then you had... Uh, companies that people have heard of like Peloton and Zoom and all these other companies that still had not 
their, their business model was actually starting to go back down, and yet their stocks kept going up and up and up and up. Now, to be sure, some of these rookie traders did make small fortunes and cash out a lot of it. And think about this. You didn't need to cash out near the top. If you got stimulus checks several over and you're sitting on, let's say, I don't know, 4000 5000 6000 however, however much money you got, and for some people, it was a lot more than that. I'm talking about the the guy in his early 20s who may not have gotten as much because he didn't have the, the income to support it. But he got something. You didn't need a lot. You could have turned by playing into Bitcoin and GameStop and all these others, these meme stocks. You could have been sitting on thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. And if you cashed out a $30,000 profit... A lot of these young folks could have lived off that for a couple of years. If they're living with mom and dad and they weren't spending much to begin with and they didn't hardly have any money in the bank, now they're getting stimulus checks and they've got thirty dollars or $40,000 that they never had before? Why would you go work at a bar again for a while? You can support yourself if, as long as you're still living with, with mom and dad. And that was happening time and time and time again. But not everybody cashed out. Back to the article, Omar Gias. As his stock market gains swelled, so did his spending and partying, he says. He started betting thousands on professional football games and enjoyed late nights at bars, racking up tabs, drinking Don Julio 1942 tequila. Now, I'm not a drinker, so I don't know what how much that was. I'm assuming it was a lot, so I actually went online and looked. It looked like the average bottle on Amazon is about 350 to $400. So, yeah, it ain't cheap. And he was drinking a lot of it, apparently. Mr. Gias and his roommate uh, went to go see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play. And when they were in the Super Bowl uh, against the L.A. Rams, uh, Gias bet $35,000. Now, remember, before the pandemic, he didn't have nearly that much to his name but because of betting all the stimulus checks in these meme stocks, he now is living large. And he bet $35,000 that the Rams would lose. Uh-oh. Yeah, he lost that one. But he also footed the bill for friends to stay at a Las Vegas hotel, rented a black, get this, rented a black Lamborghini that he raced around the Strip. This is all in the article. And he says he stopped taking classes at DePaul University in Chicago so he could spend more time focused on the markets. I mean, you talk about shoveling down farther and farther, one bad decision after another. My intent here is not to bury this poor guy. Again, I'm thankful that he even risked you know, personal embarrassment to talk to the journal about what he did. I hopefully for the benefit of so many others who might come across this article. But not only is he just parting it up, because, look, if you have no money and all of a sudden you have $1.5 million, this is how sports stars get into trouble, by the way. You come from nothing and all of a sudden you sign a $10 million contract. There's trouble brewing for a lot of them. And you see it here at a lesser on a lesser scale. So by the end of 21... He had lost more than $300,000, even though the S&P had notched a very big gain in in, uh, 21. 
In 2022, back to the article, he says he started taking even more risks, trading options, betting on sports in hopes of making some of the money back. Mr. Gas traded S&P 500 options at all hours. By the end of 22, here's the end now, not only had he lost everything, but he had racked up bills of more than $300,000 on his American Express Platinum card. The nest egg that had climbed to around $1.5 million was gone. Quote, I lost it all, Mr. Gias said. He decided to move to L.A. and begin to work at an Italian deli and restaurant on the outskirts of town. He says he has no money in the market right now, and he shared screenshots of his account showing he has roughly $15,000 still in credit card debt, $36,000 in an auto loan, and $6.99 in his checking account. Last quote in the article ends, I felt like I was indestructible, Mr. Gia said. It was irrational, end quote. He's not one guy, folks. This, was, this isn't just one hard luck, sad guy story. This has been repeated thousands and thousands and thousands of times over. And again, the the intent and the purpose here is not to get into some policy discussion of whether what the government did was right or wrong. I'm going to leave that to the talk show host. There's plenty of that. You don't need another idiot on the air taking a side on that. I'm trying to describe what the heck happened in the financial markets the last couple of years. Well, you just got a small snippet of it. And now we are paying a little bit of a price. One of the main reasons, in fact, the main driver behind the huge increase inflation the the quickest jump of inflation from basically zero to 60 in three seconds that we've ever seen in the history of this country occurred because of a lot of the stimulus checks that went into people's pockets that they didn't need. And then they went out and spent frivolous, frivolously, especially in the market, and that jumped the market up uh, big time. And so 2022, we kind of corrected it. Now, we're getting back to normal but not without a lot of carnage. And unfortunately, my friends, we're seeing some of the same behavior start to come back in. Um, I'll pick up on that theme when we come back. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. My name is Dave Simons, and we'll be right back. It is 436 in St. Louis. You are listening to the Dollars and Cents show. Dave Simons here. Uh, As a reminder, I'll be back at the same time next week, 3 to 5 o'clock for another edition of the show. Now, I'm in big trouble, folks. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to getting uh, a friendly little email from compliance because as I was going through my notes here, I realized I did not read the required UBS disclaimer at the beginning of the show. You see, that's what happens when you haven't been on for 14 weeks. You're a little rusty. You forget these things. So, um... Better late than never, I guess. I was thinking maybe I just will go through the whole thing and not say, no, I'll at least, you know, just, it's one of those things where you say, mea culpa, I forgot. So here we go, disclaimer, and we'll get back to the show. The views and opinions expressed are those of these financial advisors, that would be me, Dave Simons, and are not those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated, its subsidiaries or affiliates. UBS reserves the right to the extent permitted under applicable law to retain and monitor all communications taking place through this program. 
All content, information, and opinions herein should be regarded as being general in nature and provided for current interest and information purposes only. It should not be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy nor recommend any security. Some content may come from third parties who are unaffiliated with UBS, and UBS has no control or responsibility over these third parties or their opinions, information, or materials. There, I'm in good standing. I am legal now, folks. I get to still sit here for another 22, 23 minutes without them escorting me away to compliance jail. But seriously, at the end, when it talks about third parties, for an example, it's that Wall Street Journal that I was just referencing. That would be considered a third party, as long as I'm giving proper notice. And um, oh, what do we call that? What's the word when you give somebody? Well, anyway, you just you acknowledge that um, that this was a an article from the Wall Street Journal, which I did. So, again, in good standing. Okay, back to the task at hand. Um, so, speaking of that article, we had highlighted in the Wall Street Journal uh, from their edition yesterday the title. Uh, what is that title here? I was just reading The Retreat of the Amateur Investors. And it noted one of countless young investors who got the stimulus money and they played in the market. They amassed a personal fortune, really, um, for most people and certainly for them. And then many of them just saw it disappear. And they made matters worse by buying even more on margin and then going into debt. So they started pre-pandemic with a few bucks in the bank. And here we are three years later, and they're actually thousands of dollars in debt. You're like, how did that work? Well, greed. That's how it works. It's part of the human condition. It's no accident that that CNN index that I referenced in the uh, last hour is called the Fear and Greed Index. They might as well just rename it the Human Index. Both of those emotions, if you will, that are embedded deep within all of us are necessary in some uh, aspects of our lives, of course. They're healthy. They can, they can help us survive. But if we're not careful, they can also lead to some major mistakes that hurt us financially. And greed is, um, unfortunately, a component of that. We're seeing it again, my friends. Some of those aforementioned stocks before, whether it's AMC or GameStop, Best, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, look at that stock. I mean, they can't even pay their creditors, and the stock has soared because greed has come back in. The NASDAQ is way back up again. And I'm getting a sense that, oh, my goodness, some of the same behavior haven't people learned yet? ARC Innovation Fund. Some of you know it. I use it as a proxy for that aggressive area of the market. That's an ETF, an exchange-traded fund of a lot of those uh, stocks like DocuSign and Peloton and Coinbase. That's no knock against the companies themselves. They all may turn out to be wonderfully profitable, successful companies. I'm talking about the stocks that got way, way too high, well above fundamentals during the greedy days of, of 2000, uh, I'm sorry, of 20 and 21. Investors paid a price in 22. But now people are starting to double down on these things again. The ARK Innovation Fund, this ETF of all of those stocks, is up 42% for the year. We're only five weeks into the year. Nothing like that should go up 42% in five weeks unless there's just wanton greed. 
So it lends to my suspicions about how this year has started. Let me repeat, this is not a clarion call to start selling stocks and going to the safe haven of cash or bonds or whatever. If you are properly allocated and within your own long-term goals, then there's a good chance you shouldn't even need to change anything, even in the face of what could potentially be a little bit of a downturn here in the near term. Now, uh, and by the way, Bitcoin too, oh my goodness, that that has skyrocketed again, which is another proof point that we've seen some speculation come back in. That's not a call on whether Bitcoin is good or bad as a long-term investment. It's just saying here in the near term, regular investment shouldn't skyrocket like that when there's nothing that's changed fundamentally. There's been no new report on a crypto like Bitcoin. There's been no new report on um, Bed Bath & Beyond other than they can't pay their bills. (laughs) Yet the stock has gone up. It's like doubled or tripled or even quadrupled. It's just, it's gone crazy. Um, and, and, and that cannot be sustained. Now, let me change gears here a little bit and give you some positive news a little bit longer, uh, dated here by the end of the year. I, I, I make no predictions here in the near term. I, I don't have a lot of warm and fuzzies, but let's look at the remainder of the year. History is very kind to us. I mentioned this in a commentary that I, um, sent out to people who subscribe, um, on Friday. And um, by the way, I'll give out some information for those of you who who have not subscribed. Maybe after the next break, I'll come back and and give you a way to to be able to do that. But what I took a look at is the so-called Santa Claus rally and the month of January, and I combined them. Now, let me explain what that means. The Santa Claus rally or the Santa Claus period that we always look at covers about a week or so. And it's, excuse me, it's the day after Christmas, the first trading day after Christmas, whatever, if it's not a weekend, then it's going to be obviously December 26th. And you take the rest of that year and the first two trading days of the new year. So depending on how the week comes out, anywhere, let's say from five to seven trading days normally, that's your Santa Claus period. That is a phrase that's been around in in Wall Street lexicon for for a, a long, long time. People pick up on it when it's positive, like, ooh, we had a Santa Claus rally this time, because history shows that when you have a Santa Claus rally, that typically bodes well for the next full year. Aha, let me add one more element to it to really, really give this thing some spice. When January is up, which this January was, you combine a Santa Claus rally that was positive and a January that was positive. I went back to 1950. So we're covering 73 full years, 31 times. So it's not a rare occurrence. That's a pretty good percentage where you've had during the Santa Claus period, we had a rally. And then January, the full month of January in the New Year's was also up 31 times. You know what has happened in the past in the, we just did it for the 31st time. You know what has happened in the market the rest of the year, those other 30 times? Well, folks, this is what we call a tease in the radio business. I will give you that answer when we come back with more dollars and cents. 
You know, I'm reminded how quickly two hours goes by. I always forget that since it's been a while since I've been on. It just seems like I walked in a couple of minutes ago and said hi to Kevin Colleen. And what a treat, because I never get to see Kevin, obviously. He doesn't come in on the weekends and visit with, you know, the lowlifes like myself, the weekend people. Uh, so it was nice to see him. But, um, yeah, here we are with about... Um, Ten minutes left to go to the uh, top of the hour, but don't despair. Dave Simons will come back next week at the same time. Dollars and cents returns 3 to 5 o'clock. If you would like to be part of the commentary that I've been writing for about 20 years, we have roughly about a 1,000 subscribers or so. Um, You are more than welcome to sign up. It's free, and it's anonymous, and I don't know the addresses. They're just put on a blind carbon copy template. And um, not only do you get my thoughts every week on what's happening in the financial markets. um, And by the way, let me give this because some people sign up for it thinking they're going to get specific stock ideas or something. No, it's very much like this show. You'll just get my observations of what's happening, what we're looking for in our little corner of the world, maybe provide some levity along the way. And then also when the next uh, time the dollars and cents show will be on. So if you would like to be part of this group of loyal listeners, you can email David Period Simons. That would be me. David dot Simons, that's S I M O N S, at U B S dot com. That's U B as in boy, S as in Sam dot com. David dot Simons at U B S dot com. Uh, David dot Simons at U B S dot com. Yeah, I got it right. Um, you don't have to write anything in the body of the email at all, just in the subject line. However you want to word it, sign me up for your newsletter. Add me to the commentary, whatever. And I've got an assistant who will do that. They'll just put you on the blind carbon copy and you're good to go. All right. So I had, before the break, talked about the Santa Claus rally when that occurs. And again, it's a very narrow time frame. You're talking usually about a week, a little bit more than a week, from um, the first day of trading after Christmas through the first two trading days of the new year. And then we take a look at the full month of January that immediately follows. When both are positive, since 1950 through 2022, it's happened 31 times out of uh, uh, 73 years. So, you know, decent percentage, right? The previous 30 times, 28 of the previous 30 times the market has ended up positive for the year. The only two times it was down, it wasn't down much. 1966, January, the Santa Claus rally, it was only up 0.8%. January was only up a half a 1%. So, it, I mean, it was up, but not much. For the full calendar year of, of 66, the market, the S&P was down 10% even. So not terrible, not bear market territory. The only other time, and it was more recent, was in 2018. Decent start. Santa Claus rally up 2.8. The full month of January was up 5.6, but for the year, down 4. That's the S&P in 2018. All the other 28 times, it was up. And only two other times when it was up, it was single digits on the upside. In 2011... At the end of January, the S&P was up 2.3, and for the year, it finished up 2.1. So basically, it flatlined the rest of the time. So I guess you could say that's a little bit of an outlier. And then the only other time of note, 
uh, where the market still finished up, but down from January was, oh, my goodness, was this a doozy of a year, 1987. Yeah, the crash year, October 19th of that year. Uh, At the end of January, the S&P was up 13.2%, off to a blistering start. Uh, And it kept going. By, By the time we got to August of 87, the market was up over 30%, and then it gave it all back. It finished the year up 5.8, but that really masks the damage that occurred really starting in late August and then sort of ending at that um, uh, Black Monday. When you add up all of the previous 30 years, even with the two down years and a couple of the other years that I mentioned, the average Santa Claus rally when it has occurred was up 1.95%. This time around at the end of 22, it was up one4 Okay. The average January gain, when we're looking at January gains only, since 1950, when January is up, along with the Santa Claus rally, January was up 4.67%. This time, this past January, up 7.3. Quite a bit higher. The previous 30 times, because obviously we don't know yet the 31st time, we haven't seen the full year play out. The average gain is up 21.5%. Does that guarantee us with 100% certainty what is going to happen this year? You know the answer to that. Of course not. There have been a couple of years, as I just mentioned, 1966 and 2018, where the market actually finished down. Not a lot. A few percentage points, up to 10%. But I like... it's it, You can't look away from the numbers. They're real. There's something there. And I've talked about this with my colleagues at, at, at the office. The one thing that keeps me from jumping on the bandwagon completely here and, and saying, wow, I mean, the odds is like 90% plus here that the market's going to be up. History is great, and I look at it. And there's something to be gleaned every time I go back and look at something, uh, uh, okay? Because a lot of times trend lines do repeat themselves in some fashion or another. But, my friends, we have really been rewriting the rules the last few years because of the pandemic. That's really why I wanted to go back and discuss that in the first part of the second hour of how different things have been. How can we go back in time and say, wow, look at this happened that year, that year, that year, it's all the same. And, oh, it looks like we're repeating it now. Yeah, but we've never had a post-pandemic recovery. It doesn't mean that we can't repeat history again, and there we go again. But I'm a little, I'm not, I'm just, there's a little bit of reluctance there to jump fully into it. So, yes, if you said that I had to come up with a prediction, and that's all it is, it's professional judgment, I do believe the market will finish up for the year. But like I've said before, my conviction level is not as high as I normally would like it to be. Stay long-term, folks. Stay patient. We all win in the end. That's my promise to you. Have a great week. We will talk to you again next Sunday. Take care. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.